0: Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. All that I am, Lord, will follow you all of my days. Back, I've left behind my four- I love this topic because who doesn't love talking about love? I mean, all the women love talking about love, but, you know, I mean, I'm talking about romantic love. I'm talking about love. I'm talking about indescribable love. I'm talking about unconditional love. I'm talking about the love of God. It's just... It's just incredible. And if you're only new to finding the love of God, I pray that these messages have been unfolding something really quickly to you because God is doing a quick work in the earth and he's calling his people to himself. He's calling his people out of bondages and out of religious stinking thinking and he's calling his people to be real, to be relaxed and to be like Christ on the earth. Amen just to be like Christ on the earth, just to be like Jesus. And we're we're talking about the the greatest is love, but this morning I shared a message, and I just want to recap. Put up your hand if you weren't here this morning. Great. Okay, so I just want to recap a little bit about this morning before I go into tonight's message. You know, this morning we talked about God's love, and we said in Ephesians that we are the body of Christ. The, the, The Bible in Ephesians 4 talks about us being the body of Christ, and that each part is supposed to do its work, or its part. Each part is supposed to do its work. We talked about how each part of us has a certain part of God that we are called to portray upon the earth, a certain facet of God, that God is multifaceted. Who knows that? That, that if we were we're going to spend the rest of eternity just looking at God, just going, wow. Because God is so multifaceted. God has so many faces. When he created us, he made us completely unique. There has never been another one like you on the earth ever, or will ever be another one like you on the earth. We're completely and utterly unique. Is that right? He made us unique, and he doesn't want us then, when we're born again and we come to him, to become conformed. He saved us out of conformity. He saved us out of pretense. He saved us out of pretend to be something that we're not. And he saved us into freedom, into the glorious freedom of the saints. Each one of us then has a certain unique personality. Is that right? And God doesn't save you and then say, well, I'm just going to get rid of your personality. He saves us and he's come to set your personality free. Because within the realms of your own personality is a facet of God that needs to be portrayed to the world. Within the realm of your own personality. Amen. We talked about the four gospel writers, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and how each one of those portrayed a face of God through their writings to the world and to, to the, all of us for years to come. Just let me read what I wrote this morning. God wants to manifest what he is doing on the earth through people. He is not embarrassed by you. Is that a revelation for you today? God is not embarrassed by you. In fact, he loves being known as your God. He loves the idea of manifesting himself through your gifts, your family, your history, your good, your bad, and your ugly. In the midst of whatever you carried into this relationship when you came to God, he loves being recognized by others as your God in the midst of that. And I explained this morning, if we, if we just put on a pretense and pretend everything is okay and that we're squeaky, clean, good Christians that all walk, talk, act, dress the same, you know, we've got everything together, then no one's going to see your mess. No one's going to see your chaos. No one's going to see your journey. No one is going to see your process. And God says in the midst of your process, He is revealing himself. Why? Because people see your mess, they see your process, and then they say, Well, my life's a mess too. And if he can fix you, then he can fix me. And so God loves in the midst of your process to manifest himself. Is that great? Just want to recap on a few things this morning. I talked about your your process being like divine chaos and you know the painting that I've done over there is 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 about chaos and I wrote this on it with chaos as his canvas, God's word came forth and spirit emptiness opened to be filled with a creative command. You know, can you imagine that time between when God started to think he was gonna create and that's like the thoughts of God? like just all the colors and all the, all the creative process that was coming forth before he said, let there be light. And that's exactly what you're like. You're like a mass of color and wonder and glory in the middle of his process, in the middle of his process, you are a sign and a wonder to the world that's watching you. In the middle of his process, you are, you are swirling in the midst of the most wonderful process of creation within you as you become like Jesus. As we behold him, we become like him, and we're becoming like him. And he wants to use you in your humanity. He wants to use you in your process. Is that all right? Have we got that? So that was this morning. That's great. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about just how God just wants to use us and he wants us to be so real and so natural that as we walk around the earth, as we walk around in the midst of our everyday lives, that we would be like Jesus. How many many of you realize when you read the gospels, when you read about Jesus, he just walked around and was natural about the supernatural. He was just completely natural with people and real with them. He sat in the dirt with them. He went to the house of sinners and ate with them. You know, he he met their needs. And I think that what he portrayed was that through all that he did, through all that he manifested, The main theme of everything that he did, that he was trying to say to people, God loves you. God knows you. God sees you. And God has come to rescue you. In everything he did, the message was the message of love. Everything was about loving people. Nothing was about judgment or criticism or hierarchy or someone being better than someone else. Jesus just got down right down on people's level, looked straight into their eyes, said, I love you. You matter. Your pain, I feel it. Your struggle, I'm dying for it. Jesus came down and was naturally supernatural. And he was doing all these things, and John the Baptist, who had gone before him to prepare the way of Jesus, and was proclaiming, Jesus is coming, Jesus coming, and when Jesus came and, and John saw him coming to be water baptized, he said, behold the Son of God, the, the Son of Man, the one who's come to take away the sins of the world. He recognized that he was the one that was coming. And then John was put in jail, and John's in jail, and he's hearing all these things going on. He's, he's, hearing, he's hearing about things, and he's thinking, I wonder if this is the one. I wonder if it really is the one. I wonder if it really is the Messiah that's come. And so he sends his disciples to Jesus to ask him. And we pick it up in Matthew here, 11, 2 to 6, and he says this When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who has come, or should we expect someone else? And Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. And the good news is preached to the poor. That was Jesus proclaiming that the kingdom of God had come. You know, when Jesus, when Jesus was taken up into heaven, he turned around to his disciples and to everyone who would believe in him and say, now you go do it. You go do what I've shown you. You go love these people the way I have loved them. You go, you go and meet their needs. You, you, go, you go sit in their houses. You go look them in the eye. You, you naturally just walk around and love people and minister to people as I have done. And somehow we take a hold of what Jesus said and we put it in our religious box. And we say that, you know, that you, to do anything like that, you have to have a pulpit. Or to do anything of any significance, you have to do four years of Bible college or, you know, you have to go to the mission field or you have to have a certain calling upon your life or you have to be some, you know, big TV evangelist to do anything significant. But Jesus never said that. Jesus, Jesus said anyone who believes anyone who believes in me shall do the things that i have done and greater things shall they do not when they get good enough not when they've cleaned their act up and and feel like they've got everything inside in order but in the midst of their chaos in the midst of their redemption i want to use their redemptive nature to declare a facet of myself and bring my hand from heaven through them to touch the lives and the hearts of human beings that need to know that I am a God who put flesh on and came to earth so that I could connect with them. Amen? You know, my my passion, especially in this season, is to see people set free to be themselves. Just be free to be yourself and who you are and what you bring to the table. With everything you bring to the table, God will be glorified. He can be glorified and he wants to be glorified through you and through your process and what you're doing and he wants to meet the needs of people naturally in the earth, amen? You know, when Jesus met the needs of the people, what did it say to them? You know, we think about the healed body, the restored dignity, the child raised and returned to its parents after it had been dead. Can you, just for one second, just for one second, think of yourself, your child is dead, you're on the way to the funeral, your child is laying on the top of this thing that they carry you on, it's, he's dead. And you're on the way to the funeral. And Jesus just walking by. He's just walking by. He's just naturally just walking by. He says, just a minute. And he lays his hands on the child. And the child sits up. Takes the child. Gives it to its parents what does that say to those parents? How many messages are in that? You know, we read over those things, raise the child from the dead, gave it to the parents. What does that say to those parents? That in the midst of my worst grief, in the midst of the worst day of my life, God saw me, God knew me, and God ministered to me in the most incredible way. And what is that going to be, that little girl, that little child's story for the rest of their life, walking through the streets saying, oh, I'm the one that was dead and now I'm alive. Because why? Because he loved me. Because he loved me enough to rescue me. You see? I was talking about Meg this morning in our church. She's flying to Europe right now but only a very short time ago, she's in her early 20s, she was given 18 months to live. They they, they found cancer in her body that was quite aggressive and quite advanced, and they didn't think there was a way that they could even take that out of her body. Do you know what? She was declared cancer-free last week. Completely (laughs) cancer-free last week. And this afternoon she flew to Europe to have a long extended holiday. But see, what is, what you know, her mum's been coming to church because her mum goes, wow. See, what does that say to Meg? You mean, yeah, it's a great miracle, let's all clap our hands, it's just, but what does it say to Meg? You know, this stuff has all got to be about love. You know, too many times you say, oh, this person's got cancer, let's who's, see who's got the gift of healing and let's let them do their thing and then we all bow down to the person with the gift of healing and, you know, it's totally whacked around the wrong way. But, But Meg, who prayed for Meg? I don't even know. Who prayed for Meg? Did you? Yep. Who else did? Put up your hand if you prayed for Meg and you laid hands on her. Look at that. Look at that. Ordinary people, through their own process, although they're in their own process, with love in their hearts, feel like this woman shouldn't be suffering at 22 years of age with cancer and given 18 months to, do- to live, well, I, I just, I can put my hand on that, and I and I'm not, might not be the big televangelist, evangelist but my goodness me, I've got Jesus in me, I've got Jesus in me, and I've got his love, I've got his compassion, and I can naturally be supernatural, Amen? You know, just as we have unique personalities that he wants to use and, and show facets of himself, we also have gifts that he wants to give us, gifts that, that can... Look at Jamie and Garth right now. and You see that video of Jamie with the kids. I mean, that's a gift. Yes. Yes. I, I look at that. She goes, Mom, you've got to come out of Africa. I'm going, oh, <laughs> that I would struggle. I would really struggle. I'm telling you. Because... She's got a gift to do that, you know what I mean? Like, just, just, she's saying how the that, that kids don't wear nappies, you know, and they don't, they don't, they don't use nappies. I said, well, what happens to all that stuff? She said, oh, it just runs down their legs, and you just cuddle them. And she said, you go home and wash your clothes every day because you're covered in urine, and she's laughing. She's going, oh, it's so wonderful. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> but see, Jamie has a unique personality. And then within that unique personality, God has given her a gift. And that gift and her personality are now expressing themselves through love. Through love. Amen? 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. You know, we've, we've, in the church, we've eagerly desired spiritual gifts, but for what reason? Is it because we just, I want gifts, I want your gifts in my life, God, so that I can be like Jesus, so I can meet the needs of people, so I can show your love on the earth, so I can walk as you walk. This is what Jesus wants. He wants a heart that's pure and and, and in love with him. He doesn't want perfect people. He just wants people that are pure of heart. They just say, I want what you want, God. I want I want to I want what you want. I want to touch people. Matthew 10, 7 to 8. Can you put that up for me? It says this. As you go, proclaim the message. Now I just want to say at the beginning, as, as you go. You see, it doesn't say when you get a pulpit. It doesn't say when you finish Bible college. It doesn't say when you get a television show. It says as you go. As you go to work, as you go to the shop, as you go to school, as you go, as you're pushing your prams on your mum's prayer walk, as you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. It, you notice there's not. It's not like drive out demons is in big capitals, and then like all the difficult ones are in big capital letters. Like this is only for the elite brethren or something like that. But it, it's basically saying this is, should be so natural to you. This should be as natural as breathing. Why? Because. As you allow God to transform the inside of you and, and take your personality and, and make it like him and, and use who you are and your gifts, as you love people, right. as you go, there will come up inside you this incredible need to meet their needs. To you just sit with them? You know, after church this morning, there was a young lady, a young mum, just came and said, like, Oh, I need someone to pray for me. I'm just like a mess. I'm just a wreck, and you know. And she was going through some really, really difficult things in her life. And I just said, just sit down here for a minute. Just sit for a minute. And I just held her hands, and and I just prayed peace over her soul, over her situation. You know, it only took a few minutes, and that girl knew that God loved her. That God, that girl, her whole Her whole inside changed from turmoil and fear and panic to peace. Because as I went, as I went, I just met a need. I didn't have to be a counselor, a psychologist. I didn't have to be. I just said, let me pray for you. And I prayed Jesus to come as I went, as you go. It should be as natural as breathing to you. That you would just be able to do these things out of this beautiful love that God has put in your heart. Matthew eleven twenty-nine, this is in the message Bible. I love this. And this is Jesus talking, and he says this walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I mean, that just, that's incredible. Walk with me, Jesus says. Just just walk with me. Just work with me. Not against me, not, just walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Read the word. How did he do it? What did he do? Watch how he does it. And watch how it's all about love. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And I just went through this. Walk with me. Hold his hand. Just hold his hand. And when people are around you that need, have a need in their lives, hold his hand first. Don't reach out your hand until you've hold his hand. Hold his hand with your left hand. Reach out with your right. Walk with me. Hold his hand. Straight away, say, Jesus, you know this person. You know, in your head, you can be just praying, you know this person, Lord. You, you know their heart, Lord. You know, I, I might not have the answers, but Lord, please, hold my hand and flow through me to this person. Walk with me. Work with me. Don't do this on your own. Hold his hand. Don't do it on your own. It's Jesus. It's his love in you. It's his spirit in you working through your unique personality that's probably put you in that situation in the first place. It's your personality that got you in that place. It's your personality that let, that made that person open up to you. It's your personality, you know, at the gym that that person just is attracted to talk to you. It's your personality that opened the door. And then you hang on to Jesus and say, walk with me, Jesus. Work with me here. Work with me, Jesus. Hold my hand. And then watch how I do it. How would you do this, Jesus? What would you do in this situation? You know, what did I read in the Bible recently where Jesus was in this situation and he did this? Learn his ways. And then it says, and learn from me. Learn, practice. You know, to learn something, you've got to practice it. You, you've got to practice it. You've got to just give it a go. And let me say this, don't let condemnation stop you. Don't wait until you're good enough, because if you wait till you're good enough, you'll never do it. Let him use you in your redemptive state. Amen? Let him use you in your redemptive state. Practice it. Learn. The unforced. You know, it, it should be So natural to us. It should be just as natural as breathing. It shouldn't be forced. It shouldn't be like, oh, I'll just go into my prayer closet and I'll try And then we put our hands on their head. uh, uh," You know, like, it's unforced. It's no performance here, guys. It's not about performance. It's not about your gift. It's not about you. It's got nothing to do with you. Hold his hand. Meet their need. It's about them and him. Unforced, natural, be yourself. The unforced rhythms. I was thinking about drummers, you know, and how beautiful it is when a drummer... Just gets into the groove of a song. Anybody ever listen to music and it's like the whole band is playing but the drummer's just slightly out? And it's like the whole song's not sitting because it's like, can you just get into the rhythm there? Like, and it's like that with us, you know, we, we gotta get into the rhythm of the kingdom in this unforced, natural way, just walking in the rhythm In step with Jesus, in step, having our spirit man rising up on the inside of us, you know, putting aside our process for the moment and thinking of the person that is in need, putting aside our own stuff, getting rid of the condemnation that stops us, and looking at the person and coming into the rhythm of heaven. Because if you could get into that rhythm, you would know that there is is whatever is in heaven is on earth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Why? Because the rhythm's already happening in heaven. And God is just waiting for someone to bring the rhythm down and let the rhythm be enforced on earth. Amen? He gave us that. He gave us the keys of the kingdom to let the rhythm get your groove, get in the flow of grace, I wrote there. And the big word at the end, the unforced rhythms of grace. Don't judge, don't condemn, don't go if. He loves you, 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 he loves you. Unconditionally, he loves you. And then they'll feel that much love that they'll just want to get rid of the stuff because... You can't fit in here anymore with all that love. It just pops off the top, amen? Grace. I was thinking about um, a vision that I had a while back. And it was a vision that I was just like, I was in the presence of the Lord, and the Lord showed me that there is this anointing that we have as believers. He was showing me this. And he gave me a scepter. And and I remembered that, you know, in the book of Esther, that if the king put forth the scepter, then it would give entrance for the people to come into the king's presence. And he gave me this scepter, and and he said, this is what my people have, and they don't even know that they have it, that they have a scepter, that they have something that allows people to come from one realm into another. In fact, the, the book of Revelations in 3, 7 to 8 says this, it says, can we put that up? Yeah the angel of the church in Philadelphia. These are the words of him who is holy and true, holds the key of David. Whatever he opens, no man can shut, and what he shuts, no man can open. Go on. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and not denied my name. The keys that he, of David that he's talking about there, the keys of David are actually keys that unlock a realm from the natural realm to the spirit realm. They unlock this, this door that stops people coming into the presence of God, and you hold the keys. You know, that's all you got to think about. I don't have to bring healing to this person. If I pray for them, they don't get well, or if I do this and it doesn't work, if I talk to them, they don't receive it. The main thing is that you hold the keys. And the main thing is that you are in the rhythm, the unforced rhythm of grace when you meet with these people and you take the key the keys of David that have been given to you and you unlock the door. You take the scepter that is being given to you and you say, you can come into the Lord's presence. And there is like, in this vision, the Lord showed me that I was standing at the altar, and I was saying to people, come, Jesus will heal you, come, Jesus will restore you, come, come. And they were walking towards me, but they didn't see me there. And they walked straight past me, and as they walked past me, it was like there was an invisible line, an invisible door that they walked through. Because I had opened it, for them to come through, and as they passed me, it was like their bodies got healed, their marriages got restored, they fell on their knees in repentance before God, because I had opened the door from one realm to another, and we have to know this as Christians, that he has told us, freely you have been given, freely you have received, then freely give, freely give away. You have been given the keys that unlock the realm that these people so desperately need. And Satan would hold us bound, living in condemnation, trying to judge us, whatever stage we're at. But God is saying, in the middle of your process, in the middle of your mess, in the middle of your beautiful chaos, I want to bring heaven to earth through you. And they're going to know it's me because they're not looking at some sharp. And they're just going to go, wow, if God fixed your mess, he can fix my mess. Unlock the door for me. You got the keys? Unlock the door for me. But so often we stand there and we try and fix these problems. And we talk to them and we do this and we do that. But we have the keys to unlock the door. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian five minutes. You have the keys. You have the scepter in your hand to say, hey, you know what? How about I pray for you? about that? How about we pray about that? And the minute you pray, you open a door and you usher them in with unforced rhythm, with grace, with a natural, beautiful, loving attitude and heart. And this is how we're going to win the world. Amen. Let's just bring the band up right now. God wants to use you. He wants to use you to love people. He wants to love people. How many of you in this room have ever felt the love of God? How much do you want to give it away? How much do you want people to have that? Let's stand to our feet. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c 3 telgraorgau We hope to see you at church soon.